And we are a go. Hello and welcome to Alters and Oyalt Reloaded. Uh, you're here with Alters and as always, Oyalt the Artist. Hello. How are you doing, Oyalt? I'm pretty good. Really good. Pretty relaxed. I'm squished in between a mattress and a couch because I am in the middle of moving. Hey, congratulations. I'm in the middle of moving too, just getting stuff out of an <laughs> old place. It's shit, isn't it? I'm used to it by now. Yeah. This, yeah. This, 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 this is the way it goes. It's just the way it goes unless you can buy a house, eh? Yep, pretty much. And if I'm not moving, I'm helping someone else move. Yeah, e- exactly. <laughs> sort of a little segue into, you know, what we're talking about today. You know, one way that people will hopefully be able to afford houses in the future is with stronger representation from unions to get better working conditions and pay. So that's our topic uh, today, unions in Australia or um, well, it started out specifically how COVID-19 has impacted uh, unions in Australia, um, but I suppose it might end up just being a general discussion of unions. Yeah, and I'll also point out that today's episode also started with a throwback to the mystery first episode, uh, real estate. <laughs> As always, I think we've referenced the real estate episode in every single one, yet we've still not made it available yeah. for people. Yeah, it's that's the special the secret one and we're going to keep it that way it's up to you guys to find it yourself adapt overcome (laughs) the autism oil mystery episode where is it it's not my problem if you can't access it yeah please don't rob me and (laughs) or hack me and steal the episode (laughs) (laughs) so um i suppose a good way to start is have you ever been a member of a union i don't think so we both would have had the same experience starting off with unions through Woolworths or Safeway, I think. Yeah. I, I think that would have been our first exposure. That was mine. I was briefly a member of that union, but that's the only one I've been a member of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I pretty much, my experience was my like, ah, oh, that's my money. I'm going to keep it. And dad was like, yeah, union, schmunion. He, he not a fan either. Which so. is which is funny for a police officer. I mean, because they've got a really strong union representation. Yeah. Uh, maybe he, that's just how he felt about Woolworths Union. I don't know. Potentially. Because he worked at Woolies as well. Um, and I don't know if it was the union. It might have been the social club. But, like, the manager was trying to get him to join because he was the only one in the store that hadn't joined. <laughs> And I think he, the manager got some sort of like bonus if he got 100%. And dad was like, nah. This just in, Oyalt's dad is a scab. <laughs> and I'm now being attacked by a boisterous dog who was what being we, very what are, well behaved what are we, last episode. What are we dealing with, a staffy? Yeah, we are. It can hear my voice. It wants to play with me. No, only I can hear your voice because I have headphones on. Ah, no, dogs have got great hearing. It wants to play with me. That's what's happening. Maybe. Um, and now he's run away. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> sorry. No, you're right. So what we were sort of discussing, it's fairly sort of um, typical of unions in Australia in terms of membership, how it's been going over the last 50 years and how young people view unions as well as um, how the change in sort of uh, sort of the size of some industries has affected union membership overall. But we'll talk about that a little later. I figured a good place to start would be the history of unions in Australia. Mm. 
So I've done yeah. I've done a fair bit of reading on this epi- uh, for this episode this week because it's I just found it all quite interesting. I was surprised to learn that Australia's got a very sort of proud union history that's had sort of far-reaching impacts internationally as well. Uh, I just want to say, nerd alert, nerd alert, doing your homework, unlike me, who was a slacker. What's this was (laughs) business? You is a slacker, boy. Yeah, pretty much. No, I haven't had a second to myself, but... So quite a rich history. You're gonna you 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 can be the the teacher for this episode. Quite a quick history, also internationally. Well, maybe I don't want to teach um, now, you little smartass. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so, I'm sorry. So, sort of going from the ACTU website and a couple of articles, one from Independent Australia. There were a lot of early examples during early colonisation uh, with penal colonies in Australia of. Almost, almost unions slash uprisings. So prisoners uh, okay. demanding better working conditions, more rations, things like that. So I think that sort of helped sort of instill that sort of mindset in Australians early on that they had to fight for what they uh, wanted because they were facing such hard conditions as prisoners in penal colonies. So that extra so- sort of extraordinary condition sort of led to a stronger union focus later on or union mentality later on. So was it people felt like they were being treated like prisoners or did prisoners actually want better conditions? uh, Examples of both, but prisoners wanting better conditions and rising up against governors of colonies and landowners. Yeah, I can see that having an effect. And I guess if you're not a prisoner and then prisoners are demanding things, it's like, hey, they're criminals and they're getting better treatment i'm not even a criminal i want better treatment hmm. like that sort of and the mentality or something the children of those people seeing what their parents went through sort of understanding the value of um standing up for yourself and it ex- extended beyond that to new settlers traveling to australia during the gold rush and as the um, country was being established I mean, the main point of going to a new country back then was seeking a better life and future for yourself and your family. So people were keen to make those better lives and be active in doing that. But when they got here or what they heard was people were facing the same social constructs of wealthy landowners and governments controlling wages and living conditions. So to make it not the same shit, different day thing by coming to a new country, they were willing to unionise. And there's examples of... um, unions forming on vessels as they were sailing to the new world. So one example is the Amalgamated Society of Engineers, which formed uh, that union on a ship from London to Australia. Okay. So I just, my my mind was, I was casting my mind back and kind of trying to imagine what it would have been like, you know, in the, it was 1800s, wasn't it? Back in the 1800s. Yeah, but I was just thinking about like, the kind of people that came over here, a lot of them were convicts. So maybe the characters that were attracted to it were like, oh, these are shitty prisoners. And they basically used them to create or, you know, create the Australia that we have, not well, not today, but back then. But then a lot of other people maybe saw that as an opportunity. Oh, they've, you know, they're developing uh, over there. Let's go over there. But the level of society or what's not welfare, 
possibilities. Uh, living conditions. Living conditions. The the level of living conditions wasn't very up to scratch or nice, possibly. Yeah. Like one the best one of the most famous early examples of a union air quotes was the Eureka stockade. Mm-hmm. So with miners objecting to unfair work conditions, not having voting rights in some instances and having to pay really high mining license costs. You know, they came together and, you know, that's how the Eureka stockade was formed. Obviously that one was pretty brutally sort of uh, quashed. Yes. Because it was like, it was a full on rebellion at that point. (laughs) Um, But that set the scene and lit that spark under people um, and began change, you know, to the extent where unions realised, you know, in the late 1800s, mid to late 1800s, that the combined power and um, resources of business owners and politicians at the time was something they were struggling to match up against and overcome. So in 1891 in New South Wales and Queensland, union movements gave birth to the Labor Party to represent workers' rights in politics and sort of even up that fight a bit. And that's the sort of dynamic you see today we'll talk about later on where it's uh, liberals and employers versus labour and employees and unions. That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. That's, that's a nice little fact there. And is that where you see the – where do you, before we go, like the current state of unions, which I guess segues into our next topic, is that where you see unions heading today? Are we going to have these – rebellions or do we need to get things more? So unions today are, sad to say, on the decline. So I was reading over a, a parliamentary research paper called Trends in Union Membership in Australia, and the summary goes along the lines of this. So the number of union members in Australia has declined from about 2.5 million in 1976 to about 1.5 in uh, 2016. Okay. So there's now, been a Is that because there's been a loss of jobs though? Like there's less is a lot is so much labor moving overseas that the numbers are declining is that factored into it? That's definitely a factor into it like for example the automotive industry really strong union union sort of mentality and representation and that's no longer a part of the Australian workforce. But there are a few other sort of things that impact that as well. So during that same time, the union member share of all employees so or union density, so the percentage of all employees that were part of a union, so that fell from 51% to 14%. So it's not only that there's less um, jobs or certain work varieties moving overseas or not being present at all anymore, but a general mentality of the remaining workers. So almost half of all employees back in the 70s were union members now it's down to 14 percent. so there's a shift in mentality happening there as well so do you think like oh no you go i was just gonna say do you think that has to do with our workplaces also treating their staff better so they don't feel the need to unionize in a way it could be that we're resting on the laurels of what has been achieved but we'll talk about later on with some new legislation that was tried to pass earlier this year. You can't necessarily rest on your laurels and it could come back to bite you yeah. in the ass. So, Like when you, were, when you were working for the energy industry, were you in a union then? Nah. Nah, were you? See? No. I, I actually felt really happy and sort of comfortable there. 
and really looked looked after. And then, like, this is a bit personal, but when I had a bit of a mental breakdown there, they even paid for therapy sessions. Yeah, I think that company we were with, Red, is one of those examples of a company that sort of says they're well, Red slash Snowy Hydro have a value system and they actually live by that. Whereas I've worked with other companies that say they have a value system and don't necessarily live by that. Like um, Bunnings was a, a good example of that one. So there, yes. there are some instances like that, but other things about it. Were you unionized at Bunnings? I think there was an option, but I don't remember signing up for it. I don't think there was a strong union mentality there. And I think we'll find later on as we keep going that the in the retail industry there's not a strong union presence. On, on top yeah, of, I can see that. On top of that as well, young what the um, report found is young workers are much less likely to be union members than older workers, and casual and part-time employees are less likely to be union members as opposed to full-time and permanent employees. So you're probably sort of if there's been a shift in the last fifty or so years to more readily employing casual employees and part-time working arrangements for people, they're less likely to be union Mm. members, as well as young people sort of accepting the way working conditions should be not joining unions because things are good for them at the moment without realising that things are good for them at the moment because people had to fight for that. People people died uh, protesting and striking and standing up for better working conditions, which isn't something that we have to do now. Yeah. Also, you were talking about like a lot of people are casual or that aren't in the unions. I was just thinking like, because, you know, the, the, the term, the gig economy, mm. where you're picking up all these little jobs and things, bits and pieces here and there. It's if you've, if you're doing what Uber and then casual somewhere else, in retail, for example, maybe you like do you, you do you want to be paying all these different union fees for all these different sort of yeah good point jobs that you've got as well like and you're that tight on cash as well maybe you're like because you're doing this sort of gig work maybe you're like no I actually need that to secure got to get my noodles my two minute noodles yeah I got to get my noodles got to get my noodles I, I yeah you're in that tough position where you're like if I pay for unionizing in a position that's only casual and then I'm not getting any shifts because I'm a casual, was that worth it? Where, where's mm. my noodle money? Where's my noodle money? And I reckon <laughs> on that similar sort of topic, the number of people or the percentage of people who are going to university or doing tertiary study or extra learning after high school, that's sort of increased over the last 50 years a lot. And so those people are more likely to be part-time and casual employees and less, and therefore less likely to be union members. Mm. There's a lot of factors coming into this one. So having, having said that, though, there are some unions that have still increased over the last uh, decade and a half. So the Police Federation, for one, mm-hmm. um, is up nearly 100%. It's nearly doubled. Uh, nursery and midwifery and independent education unions. So they tend to be unions more in the public sector, it seems. Yeah, well, I guess people that are going for those sort of jobs as well, they're more secu- more secure, would you say? Like, oh, I'm training to be a nurse and then that's kind of a, a career choice that it's, it's not very... The job security is there. So, you know, you've got the job security, therefore you've got 
a reason to unionize. I would have thought that having job security would be an incentive not to spend money on unionizing because if you think that things are going to be okay for you, why would you spend that money? I would have thought it would be but the maybe opposite. Because it's, maybe because it's a public sector as well. So your money's coming from the government. So maybe that's more of a reason for we're seeing the numbers for like policing and nursing. Potentially. Possibly. That's my little Possibly. brain working away. And so the report sort of highlights some reasons for the decline in union membership. So like we were saying, steady decline in employment industries like uh, large sale car manufacturing, printing and textiles, clothing and footwear, and also uh, the abolishment of compulsory unionization in some industries as well was made illegal in 96. Uh, and then uh, growth in employment in industries that have traditionally had low union um, presence like retail, uh, accommodation, food services, coupled with the growth in part-time or casual employment sort of highlights the main reasons in this report why union membership is declining. Interesting. Very interesting. So maybe unions uh, need to make a bigger effort to be more accessible or inclusive to casual employees or part-time employees because there are things that the Liberal government is trying to get through at the moment or have had tried to get through they need to be aware of. And this is the – is that the Fair Work Amendment you're talking about? Yeah, so that they're trying to get I through? wanted to sort of look at what impact COVID-19 had on uh, unions so obviously reduced employment means reduced union membership, which is what we saw in COVID-19 uh, and restructuring mm -hmm. organisations could find themselves later on having opportunities to renegotiate with new employees, to take advantage of new legislation or so they thought at the time, but that's obviously changed. But one thing I found um, from COVID-19 is the potential for unions to reassert their relevance. I mean... We've, we're all aware of job seeker and job keeper and job maker, those increases. But a lot of people aren't necessarily aware that it was the, the Labor Party and unions that sort of really pushed those agendas forward and really voiced it for the government to adopt it and start doing those things. It wasn't the Liberal Party necessarily that sat down and came up with it. This came from um, the Labor Party and unions uh, trying to make things better for people during the pandemic. So even if you're not part of a union, unions, you know, potentially, you know, might have saved your job or increased the or helped you get access to a higher job seeker. Yes, that I've, I've even had experience with that when we were at Woolworths, the union that I wasn't a part of, you know, were doing what they do and it got us all a pay rise. Yeah. And you get, the, you, they send out a little, you know, uh, A4 little paper and just says this is, you know, just has like the age brackets and stuff and what they fought for and what percentage it's been right, risen and, and things like that. But my mentality was, ah, they're working for me and I'm not even paying them. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't very fair. Goddamn scab. <laughs> yeah. But that's that, that's that. Sorry. But that's how people think when um, they, they're young. Oh, this is just how things are. This is what the world. Um, is and I just got to sit back and sort of enjoy the ride. That's what young people think, and that's a mentality that you yep. establish early on, maybe. And you know, later on in life, you're not joining up to unions. Like, I suppose 
looking at the percentage of union membership in certain countries is very interesting. So where am I? Like, for example, union membership numbers in Australia and the USA. Let me bring up my graph because for some reason I've put it down. Or I've taken it out of my reading for whatever reason. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? Um, what have you done? Here's a graph I prepared yeah, Fuck, earlier. I really dropped the ball here. <laughs> That's right. Like, um, uh, for example, in 2016, so from 1980 to 2016, Union numbers in Australia or union membership dropped from 49.6 to 14.6%. Uh, in the USA, uh, it dropped from 22.1% to about 10.1%. In New Zealand, it dropped from 69% to about 17.7%. So those countries settled by England or the United Kingdom that had those mindsets of or those structures of uh, landowners, governors, things like mm-hmm. that, their unions had to really struggle because it was sort of not what was done. Um, and even now we're not, and we're seeing that decline because they struggled really hard for it. And that's just the way those societies, their mentality is. Whereas you see countries like uh, Norway and Sweden, a lot of these Nordic countries have got union membership, you know, at or above, you know, like 60 or 50, 60%. And those are the countries that are, you know, you typically sort of thinking of like, oh, yeah, they usually come up really high in um, uh, the quality of life indexes that you always see. They're always, they're always up there. I was, I was just about to say that those sort of countries are sort of leading, leading the way, aren't they? Yeah. In the, global, in the global, global, global standards for just like everything, really. Environmentalism, uh, workers' rights. Healthcare. Just, general healthcare, yeah, uh, more socialised healthcare systems. There's, they're pretty good, uh, I guess, measures to or check your standards by for your country. Even um, with, like, drug reform, reforms and things like that, a lot of the – they're decriminalising a lot of substances and things like that. Yeah, they're really sort of blazing the way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. There might be people sitting back thinking, well, my life seems pretty good at the moment. Why do I need things mm. to change? It's not necessarily that you might need things to change dramatically, but you may need someone to advocate for you to prevent changes or, uh, as well. For example, yes. so at the end of uh, last year, literally the second last day of parliament sitting, uh, I think it was December 9 or whatever, the government introduced uh, an amendment bill, so the Fair Work Amendment Bill of uh, 2021. So they introduced it in December, the second last day of parliament sitting, which was real fucking cheeky considering the impacts of it. Uh, uh, And so that was also under the cover of bushfires were happening, COVID-19 was um, happening, Mm. and it passed in March of this year. Um, after a few readings and a lot of debate that we'll get to. Um, so it passed in March this year, and that's probably under the cover of, you know, all the liberal misogyny and um, inappropriate behaviour that's been happening lately. Right. So they've really made a good effort to sort of sneak this through. And I really struggled to find any sort of summaries 
about what this legislation was, so I had to do a bit of a deep dive. The closest things I could find to summaries were for a lot of legal firms putting out articles and things like that, explaining to employers what these laws meant from their perspective um, and how they could take advantage of them. Right. So it's really gone under the radar for um, a lot of the media. No one's really reporting on it that much, despite the significant impact that it could have potentially had. So I say could have potentially had because it was Labor and unions and the Greens who are making a big stink about this when it um, was introduced because of some of the things that it wanted to do. So the government ended up having, so it had seven um, amendments on it, I think, seven major sort of sections of things that it wanted to change and the government couldn't get the support that it needed for it. So they eventually had to amend it to to change only one thing. Uh, and make mm-hmm. changes to the contents of that, not change the title, but change what things actually meant and introduce some new things to it. Um, okay. You can, and and does that have anything? Mm? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that, you heard that. My computer made a funny noise. Um, I was just going to say, does that have anything to do with like um, penalty rates being changed and attacked and things like that? Is it that that sort of, sort of thing? Yeah. You can you can look at this stuff on um, uh, aph.gov.au, Australian Parliament House. You can look at bills there. You can also find bills digests, which are essentially independent summaries of bills, and it outlines what the bill is, what it contained, the discussion around it, the arguments for and against it. They're really useful, and you can get that at um, okay. the, the same um, website. So aph.gov.au, so- you're looking at bills digest. Perfect. I'll chuck a link to this directly to this bill that we're discussing or that's been brought yeah. up in the description to make it easier for our listeners. This is Dead this. Air. Air. Well, you can just edit that out. That's you don't right. need to draw attention it to it, out. buddy. I can. I can. I will. Fucking no, Wizard no, of Oz. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I will have to edit out me saying dead air now because there won't be any <laughs> genius. <laughs> well, who's going to look silly, you or me? Or are you just going to... Me. Me. <laughs> I'll just leave a huge gap. <laughs> um, so, so some of the statements in that digest. So one thing was, even though the context for the current bill is the response to COVID-19 pandemic, it should be noted that the proposal for reform to industrial elections under this government predates the pandemic. So the government's putting it out there as this is all due to COVID-19. We need to change the way we do things to ensure the economy survives. But these were things that they've been talking Mm. about for a long time before that and changes they wanted to make before that. Uh, Also from the um, Bill Digest, the Australian Labor Party strongly opposes the bill. The ALP's initial criticism of the bill focused on its amendments relating to a new exemption to the boot, which is better off overall test. So essentially, if you wanted to make changes to someone's working conditions or to um, a, um enterprise agreement, it had to go through the better off overall test, which the Fair Work Commission would look at. So essentially, they say, let's do this test. We'll sit down and look at this new agreement. Are the people better off overall due to this? So one of the things that the government wanted to get through that they that was eventually shot down, they couldn't get through, they had to remove it to get the support that they needed was changes to how they do enterprise agreements. So agreements between employers and employees or groups of employees. They wanted to reduce the role of the Fair Work Commission and streamline the process. So at the moment for enterprise 
uh, agreements. The Fair Work Commission is heavily involved in that, in that they have to approve everything. They make sure that all the employees are given access to information and consent and can raise concerns. So what this would have done, it would have allowed employers to rush things through a little bit and it would also change the better off overall test so that the Fair Work Commission can only consider current circumstances. So you put forward um, an agreement and the Fair Work Commission has to look at that as how things currently are. They can't think about the future or hypothetical situations. So it gives employers a lot of leeway to sort of be creative or maybe be um, deceptive and change things later on because it's uh, what is a, a current situation is at the employer's discretion or what they see as foreseeable. I see. Did, did you say it was called the boot initiative, better off overall? Uh, the, uh, the, the boot test, so better off overall test. Boot test? Right. And that just goes straight back to the Simpsons episode, doesn't it? Oh, it's just a little kick in the bum. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I do a Simpsons Aussie accent, it always comes out as, like, British. <laughs> a little bit. Well, you just have to talk. Normally, I guess. I don't know. I would have called him Shaz once. <laughs> I think that's the second time I've done that on the podcast. And also, <laughs> a, another thing it would have done, well, it's a good line. I mean, I'd keep pulling that out. Maybe that yeah. should be our intro. <laughs> so Maybe. Another thing it does, uh, sorry, when the Fair Work Commission's getting involved in enterprise agreements and disputes what this new legislation would do or the amendment would do, it restricts who the Fair Work Commission can hear. So they wouldn't be they wouldn't oh. necessarily be allowed to hear from third parties or uh, unions that's representing true. employees. Employees, that's, that's and at terrible. the same time, this is, a, this is a bad idea. And at the same time, it gives automatic rights to state or federal uh, work related ministers to be heard. So it says you can't hear from everyone, but you can definitely hear from a minister can intervene and have their say or put pressure on you. They can be involved in it straight away. I think. People need to start joining unions again. And I'm going from the perspective it, from you should we should be doing it before things turn to shit. <laughs> Wait, so, so the majority um, of the amendments in this legislation were blocked. The only thing that actually made it through. Okay. Well, okay. That, and that's because unions and Labor and the Greens were putting pressure on them, saying, no, this is terrible, encouraging people to speak up against it, not voting for it in Parliament, you know, really sort of, really being against it. The only thing that's really changed, which is not necessarily a bad thing in my opinion to an extent, is the they've applied a definition of what a casual employee is. So mm. uh, a casual employee, there was like a common law definition, which is essentially just saying uh, a casual employee has always been this or it's generally this, so we'll just do it according to that. Now, the reason why they might have wanted to change that, though, is that there were a couple of um, court decisions. I think it was Workpack versus uh, Skeen and Workpack versus Rosado or something like that, where there were these uh, – it was in the mining industry as well who were really sort of vocal and controlling of a lot of liberal policies over the last you know 30 years or whatever, where they had these casual employees or they at, at the time of employment, they were said, look, you're going to be a casual employee. But then they had them working full time or FIFO hours. Like one of them was doing, I think, 12 mm -hmm. and a half hour days for six days straight. And then they had six days off, something like that. And then later on, these were two separate cases. They both took them to uh, court saying, 
they said I was a casual employee, but I've essentially been a full-time employee this whole time. My hours have been consistent and regular. I'm a full-time employee. I'm entitled to extra benefits. So they ended up getting paid out for the leave that they would have accrued, things like that. So yeah. now... Doing the old sneaky... Uh, double... Sneaky, put them on the books as a casual and, uh, you know, get them working full-time. Yeah, and hours. employers were outraged by this because they call it double dipping. Well, we've paid you a casual loading rate um, and now you're getting benefits as well, essentially. Like, that's not fair. But it was a decision that uh, was passed in Workpack versus Skeen and it was upheld in, uh, essentially upheld in Workpack versus Rosado because they agreed that it with that ruling. I think that's still being appealed though. But now with this legislation, it's um, a person who's a casual employee of an employer where there is an offer of employment made on the basis that the employer makes no firm advance commitment to continuing and indefinite work according to an agreed pattern of work. The person accepts the offer on that basis and the person is an employee as a result of the acceptance. And in determining whether there is no such firm advance commitment, only the following criteria can be considered. So whether the employee can elect to offer work and whether the person can elect to accept or reject work, whether the person will only will work only as required, whether the employment is described as casual employment and whether the, uh, whether the person will be entitled to a casual loading or a specific rate of pay for casual employees under the terms of the offer of a fair work agreement. Oh, sorry, of a, or a fair work instrument. So that's really wordy, but essentially... A person's defined as a casual at the commencement of their employment, and that doesn't change. So they can define you as a casual when they employ you, and then they can do whatever they want with your hours. Uh, and because they've defined you as a casual early on, it doesn't matter what the circumstances change. It's defining you at the beginning, not based on what you actually end up doing. That's so while I agree that there should be some sort of definition for a casual employee outlined so it takes away some of this ambiguity this may not be the definition this yeah this definition this definition's not very uh, worker friendly friendly yeah yes 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 there is there is another thing in there as well called casual conversion so what it is is um so what it is at the moment or was sorry it's changed now it's when an employee has been working regular hours for the previous 12 months, they can ask their employer to upgrade them to a full or part-time employee and the employer can only disagree under certain conditions like it's known that the position's not going to exist in 12 months or it's um, uh, known that those hours will, the hours they need them for are going to reduce in 12 months. Whereas now it's available. Uh, so if you've been working for six months of regular work, the employer has to offer it to you. So the employee can't request it any longer. It's up to the employer to offer it. Now, okay. considering that most, a lot of casual employees are going to be young people, maybe in their first job or um, early on in their working mm -hmm. life, you know, that might not be something that... Naive. Yeah, naive. That might not be something young, that they're naive. very confident in asking or they even know to ask. And if there's no unions yep. around to sort of provide that information, they may never know that they're entitled or the employer should have offered them full or part-time employment. Yeah. And they might even just be, like I said, naive and happy to have a job sort of thing. Yeah. So, they're just like, yeah, money. Um, 
<laughs> Another one of the things in there that didn't pass um, were changes to uh, modern awards. And the specifics of it is a part-time employee could be asked by their employer to work extra hours than their contract states without getting paid overtime. So getting paid at the same rate. So uh, they can ask them to do that. And if they agree, it's fine. It's all legal. Okay. So, yeah. But I mean, then again, can they get like coerced into it, you know? Sort of thing. Well, some of the criticism of it was there's, there's a clear power dynamic between employers and employees yeah. and employees could feel pressure to accept those conditions. And also, if I don't accept it, well, maybe someone else will. Yeah. Another, And then they get more shifts or something. Yeah, exactly. Another potential sort of criticism of it, it's encouraging. So, well, not necessarily criticism, but point of it is uh, it's encouraging a shift away from employing uh, casual employees, so offering people more part-time employment as opposed to casual employment, which could be a good thing in some instances. But if they're changing what a casual employee is defined as, it could be a bad thing too. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit ambiguous, I guess, or the effects of it. It's more of a like wait and see. Yeah. Another thing that was uh, pointed out is that it could be abused in that employers could offer someone. So say you need someone to do 20 hours a week. You know that you're going to need 20 hours, but if I offer them 16 a week and then I ask them to work those extra hours as needed, uh, I know I'm not going to have to pay overtime, so it gives me more flexibility as an employer to flex up or down how much someone's working depending on the season or whatever. So it's less consistent work potentially for people. Okay. So there's a lot of what-ifs or it could go this way, it could go that yeah. way. It's not necessarily good or bad. But in that, in that same section, it's... another thing I wanted to do is an employer can issue flexible work directions. So what that means is it essentially dictates what tasks and where someone, uh, where a part-time employee works. So you might be hired as a part-time employee to be a, a chef or uh, mm -hmm. work in retail or whatever, but then your employer can dictate, well, actually, no, we need you to be the janitor and we actually need you to do that in this uh, location okay. on this day, this store on this day. And they've put that in there. That's available to employers for the next two years due to COVID-19 to sort of provide flexibility for that. But it's at no extra pay. So you can be doing something completely different than you've ag agreed to be doing for the next two years at different places. That's shitty. That is so yeah. shitty. That's like a dodgy way to hire someone is one thing. And then get them to do a task that's, you know, the the rates might be higher and then just get them to do that job. Yeah, exa exactly. Good example. I don't know if it's a good example, but literally today there's a coffee shop that we go mm -hmm. to because I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, you kissed a girl? That's so gay. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's this coffee shop that we drive to. And before you get to it, there's someone that stands out the front, like maybe 200 meters away from it in a giant coffee outfit, you know, like the mascot ones, it's like the football. Yeah. Mascots. Yeah. 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 I get you. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So yeah, one of them yeah, yeah. In a giant, giant coffee thing. And I was like, Oh, I wonder how much they get paid for that. And Holly's like, well, they don't. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I'm just like, well, they, she's like, they just take it in turns on their shift. You know, whoever shift it is gets the, 
the oh, I got the mascot shift sort of thing, and then you know the next day you're you're on making the the coffees or making the oh um, my god the food in the kitchen sort of thing. But but I don't know. She said it's probably they're probably just in the mascot on their phone because it's only got one hand free, and then the other hand's in the suit. So she's like, they're probably just waving and just. Um, staring at their phone in the costume, <laughs> just watching porn in the costume, just furiously masturbating in the costume. Make me stand outside, will you? I thought, I thought that today while I was driving, but I'm like, I'm not going to say that to her. I'm not going to. She's probably already thought it herself, and now she's she's looking at me from across the room, like, "What are you guys talking about?" She's just going to have Look, to listen to the episode oil, to find oil, out. I, well, as someone who's been in a relationship for you know. 10 months now. I mean, I got some wisdom. I got some wisdom to hand down to you, buddy. Be yourself early on, man. Be yourself early on. She's going to find out eventually unless you keep up this facade for a long time, and that's not healthy. No. Be yeah, your exactly. usual disgusting, shitty self. Disgusting, smutty self. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good Encourage point. her to do the same no, as well. Encourage wanna, her to fart in front I of you. I didn't want to wreck. I didn't want to. No, sure it nice. Is. Good. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to wreck the coffee, the image of the coffee mascot. <laughs> That's all. Not not my own the Coffee image. mascot should just be the... registered as a sex offender. <laughs> um, it's actually really cool. It's set up. So when you drive in, it's set up like the start of a racetrack. So you order your coffee and you drive around to like the next little section where you wait in your car and then all the other cars drive in behind you and it looks like you're waiting at the like the starting gate wait what so it's a drive through coffee place so you drive yeah. In, yeah it's a drive through coffee place but it's set up like a race oh, it's mad what's it what's it called so you, um what's it called oh, it should be f1 coffee or something like that that'd be sweet <laughs> got my assistant googling it for me now this, this podcast is developing very oh, man, quickly you got an assistant man <laughs> got an assistant got some dogs Just here by myself <laughs> Oh, you got plants? Yeah, I'm their assistant though. They need so much care. <laughs> Although I do have that. Are there, is there like a couple in the shower now? There's four in the shower now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Lucky guess. It's hot today. They, they were in the window yesterday. They need it. Yeah, it is. This is quite the uh, it's not quite the tangent we've gone in here, but it is hot today. Thirty two, I think, is the the max. But then tomorrow, straight back down to twenty one. I think. Thank God. <laughs> well, we didn't really have much of a summer. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we got some of that sort of rain for a couple of weeks and sort of colder weather in there because even though it wasn't a harsh summer, if it had been extended consistently until April, you know, things would have got really dry and really shitty. And we, I don't know how we would have done with that. I mean, we didn't have a bad bushfire season this year, but, you know, we've been talking about bushfire seasons getting longer um, as climate change takes an impact. So... I don't know. Maybe things would have taken a turn for the worse. So I'm glad we had a break in there at some point. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. It's uh, pit stop drive through coffee. Perfect. That's a fine. That's a fine name for a yes. racing themed coffee shop. Yes, it is. Um, but also on the climate change topic, is we don't actually know the effects. Like people can say longer fire bushfire season, or they can say whatever the hell they want, but we don't know. Well, I, mean, it, I think that's been fairly sort of uh, documented that we're getting longer bushfire seasons. It's happening, okay. baby. It's, okay, that's, you, got, you got me there, but I'm saying 
well, look at this summer, for example. I feel like it was much, not it wasn't that hot. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that's just us getting lucky or it's like something to do with the climate specifically. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm thankful that it wasn't as hot and dry and fiery. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. yes, yes. Uh, oh, oh, to get the... To get the shit, um, the get us back on track. Focus, focus. All right, take some <laughs> Ritalin and fucking focus. All right. Um, all right. So, what impact, if any, did COVID nineteen have on unions in Australia? So, COVID nineteen had impacts on employees. Definitely, no one's denying that that there were, you know, lots of jobs lost, um, and lots of initiatives needed to be put in place to try and protect jobs. But the impact that COVID-19 had on unions directly was that it allowed the government to try and sneak through these things and they had to be more vocal or they had to potentially become more relevant for a short amount of time. But it's not been covered extensively in a lot of media. So people don't know that unions mm. have essentially stopped work choices or helped stop work to- work choices 2.0. And you remember the stink of work choices when... Howard tried to introduce it. It cost him the election, and it cost him his seat too. Like it's a, it's a big yeah. deal, but so it's a big deal, yeah. But no one's talking about it. Interesting. Uh, I hope this has been recording properly because I'm just looking at my mic microwave. Look at my microwave, my microphone, and the sound waves now are picking up. So I hope you're not trying to record us through a microwave because uh, that ain't right. <laughs> No, I've, I've, I look. I'm just gonna have to do some, some good editing. I discovered a new, uh, technique for changing the volume of the sound waves the other day. <laughs> so that's that's yeah, that's good. But yeah, as you were saying, that's a pretty big deal for Howard to yeah, lose an election through it and a seat in Parliament, and nothing to be coming up about it in the news. But yeah, mainstream. Media at the moment is trash. It's really trash. Like, I mean, it used to. Be, I well, this is what I feel. I used to feel that like there was some news in there, but now I just feel like it's not news at all. Really. Like, do you remember? Did you ever watch um, like ABC News for updates on COVID while it was all going on? There was a solid like six months there where all they talked about was COVID. There were other things mm. still happening in the world, as clearly we can see here. Yeah, but. Like no one was talking about it. There was all all this stuff was done under the cover of COVID. I mean, and I'm sure the ABC would have got direction from the government not to report on this or not to worry about any of this stuff. Um, and I'm sure the Murdoch media and um, Fairfax media would have got direction from their higher ups to say, no, 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 we don't want to be reporting on this. There are other things we can be reporting on. Yeah, and there's also that effect as well of um, keeping an eye on what the other stations are reporting too because you want to have that kind of if you go to the other station it's the same thing sort of thing you know yeah that, I, and, and i suppose it's probably um no coincidence that journalists you know journalism isn't something with a high sort of union rate i'm just trying to see if there's any indication on this graph of uh uh unions by um uh industry where journalism falls in that just while you're looking that up, just I'm gonna shed, spread, share, shed, shed your I, skin. I to what? say Are you okay, buddy? share, but the word spread was coming out and they mixed together. So 
um, share some ideas on what, whatever unions. you do. Wash your hands. <laughs> um, so with the idea of unions, like it seems to be not so much of a people picking it up at the moment. But let's say you are in the union, like, or if you're like, oh no, things are looking pretty bad. Maybe I should unionize. If they're fighting for you, maybe not even look to what they can like what can they do for you in the future if you if you're in that position where it's like oh maybe things are getting shit i should unionize let's say you're in a position where things are actually really good it's like what can they improve for me like the way i see it is maybe they should start fighting for a four-day work week like looking at those more progressive things can the unions get into those areas um because that's something that i think is really cool or that it's somewhere something we need to look into or something something that i see where the work week is going due to automation yeah absolutely it's it's as much about protecting the status quo it's not necessarily just about making things better for yourself which is obviously something we should all be striving for we've got to re-establish things to prevent things from uh, deteriorating for people right, before yeah. we can even get to that stage yeah. Like, things are, that's what I'm saying. If if you yeah. if we if we have the status quo, and then it's like maybe people feel like oh things are pretty good. I don't need to unionize. Well, maybe unionize and then look into making things that little bit better for you. Yeah, it reminds me of a, a quote. You know, all hands look out below. There's a change in the status quo. Looks like we'll need all the help that we can get. Oh, it's the Mister Bel the Mister Belvedere theme song. I thought that was going to rhyme more. It didn't. Well, fuck, man. Have you ever written a song? It's not easy. <laughs> anyway, um, I've so, yes, um, I have. I'm a creative. So, of course, I have. <laughs> I ain't never heard it, baby. But anyway, um, so he, uh, there's a, a specific union for Media, Entertainment, and Arts Alliance, the MEAA. Um, their union membership since 2003, between 2003 and 2017, has dropped by 31. percent So that's okay, yep. probably an indication of you know. That that could be a real world benefit for all of us, not just unions. So even if you're not a part of that industry and not a part of that union, it's important for you because uh, it sort of encourages or provides security for journalists and other media um, creatives to or entertainment uh, industries to provide relevant content, to be able to speak up about those things, to not be strong-armed by... Um, employers to toe the line or follow an agenda. So unions, that's another example of how unions are important uh, to society, but not necessarily you specifically. Yeah. Like you you get indirect benefits from that. Or I suppose yeah. that would be a direct benefit. Or it may even make you, um, could be a good thing to uh, encourage people for even like career jumps. You yeah, know, like, absolutely. Oh, you, you, I'm working this job, but you know, that industry has, it's really good unionized. The people get looked after, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to, you know, jump over there. And then that might even be an incentive for the, uh, where you're currently, the industry you're currently working into. Hey, we're losing a lot of people to this particular, it doesn't even have to be a career change. It could be just a company change because, you know, they're, due to the unions from this industry yeah it's that, that flow and effect that it may not necessarily be relevant to you but it can still help you yourself does that like i don't know chain reaction maybe is that the, yeah the correct term i mean grass is always greener and the grass might be greener because an industry has a stronger union presence i mean 
all sorts of yeah. things. There you go. We should have a tally for how many times unions have been said. <laughs> well, that's union, that's a good. Union, that's union. the buzzword. Like the buzzword. That's that's our word of the day. Union. <laughs> woo, woo, um, woo, woo. That's our word of the day. We didn't really go into this either. That one. That's sort of fallen fallen away. The artist of the week. That's gone. That's that's. Whatever happened to that? Well, licensing <laughs> and sort of copyright and stuff makes it hard to play things on there. Uh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, the economy, the way the economy no, is, I can't really we, afford we, to pay that. We didn't do a shout out. I haven't got one. I've been too busy. <laughs> I'm sure I must, I must yeah. have an artist somewhere in my brain. Yeah. I, I mean, I just threw Friendly Geordies in there last time because it got mentioned. In the podcast, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got mentioned. Here's a link to his website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm. Oh, actually, shit. Give me, give me two seconds. Let me see if I can find an artist. I've, oh, I took a, I took um, a photo of something a while ago. Look, uh, Holly's been listening to Young Bloods. I think that's his name. Yep, she's nodding at me. There you go. That's our sh- shout out for the week because he's been played in the car in my life this week. <laughs> apparently started from tiktok started so, from the talk and now i'm here yeah started from the tiktok and now he's he's singing all the songs making all the monies ah, that reminds me of a sorry just the the what was his name again sorry but fuck. young young bloods young bloods yeah. with an s young that blood re- no that s. remind that reminds me of a um a, a movie have you seen sorry to bother you uh, the call center with the person of color who pretends to be a white person. Yeah. The black guy who's got a white guy voice. Yes. Um, I haven't seen that one. Directed by Boots Riley. So they just say young blood in there a lot. And that's what reminds uh, me of okay. it. That's a great movie. That's another artist shout out. So Boots Riley and young bloods are our artist shout outs, uh, of the this week. week. Uh, I think that's, we could probably start to wrap it up here just in, in summary. So. Join your union. Yeah, I've done. I've done a lot of talking. Is there anything you want to you say? Not really. Uh, oh, actually, you did get a compliment. Uh, someone said you have a really soothing voice, and it's a good voice for radio. Don't, I have no idea who said that. Who you said that? I, don't I remember know. when we were working <laughs> for that moving service. I um picked up uh, a call for one of our field agents. He's like, "Oh, mm. damn! You got a you got a radio voice, man." There you go. It's all happening. But radio is dead. Podcasts are where it's at. Close enough. Is that going to be the new thing? You got a voice for the pod? Ooh, I got that podcast voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're here with Alters and Oyalt. <laughs> Actually, I might steal that and make that Ooh, our it's, intro. <laughs> it's time to stay informed, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, let's quickly do a rundown. So it's my turn for the topic. Yeah. Have you I had any thoughts? No idea. Well, I still, I'd like to cover us becoming a republic. Always relevant. Um, Republic. Uh, what else have we got? To talk which about? Uh, which Star Trek was best? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and thanks to the three voters for last week. Who is that uh, mystery third? Because I know one of them was you. I think one of them was Holly. Who was the third? I, I can't. Know. I don't know. How, I, don't I don't know, know how to say that on Twitter. Either do I. I don't. Well, I'm, you. I'm new to the Twitter. So, so thank you for that mystery voter. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Republic. Um, Star Trek, <laughs> or did you say Star Wars? 
No, I said Star Trek, but I, uh, are you going to put that on the poll? No, maybe. <laughs> um, I think we can I all agree what that I, what I... Enterprise was the worst series. <laughs> I can't even remember what I put on there last time. So, Republic, Star Trek. Uh, did we? What did you put on there last yeah, time? Yeah, I don't know. Let me have a look. Have um, a look. We can edit. We can edit all this out. Make a bit more yeah, streamlined. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. By we, you mean me? Don't, 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 don't even trip, dog. Don't even trip. <laughs> oh, a uh, new season for Rick and Morty is coming out this year. There's a trailer that's been dropped. If you haven't seen that already, that could be another topic. Like is Rick, and Rick and Morty on the decline. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got to say, I wasn't a. I mean, I still I, season, I, I, yeah. I still watch the shit out of it. Yeah, and I still rewatch it, but I gotta say, it wasn't as good <laughs> as the other ones. No, I will criticize as much as I can, as often as I can, but I will still consume content. Like, <laughs> I suck. Ah, uh-uh, <laughs> here we go. So, Unions was one, so that's out. Um, Universal Basic Income, which we Done did. That. Uh, internet privacy. Internet privacy. Okay, so I Republic internet privacy. Internet privacy. Star Trek, which is no, I'm not putting it on there because everyone will vote for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, all three people will vote for that. Yeah, it's really a, a moral conundrum. Do I override three people for my podcast? That's really stressful for you there, buddy. Maybe you should put in an option for like other. Can can you do that on a Twitter poll? Like for yeah, suggestions? I put other and then comment what you want. That, that yeah. mystery voter is going to be like, yes, I'm in. Finally, someone on someone's can, can talk about my Beanie Baby collection. <laughs> God, beanie babies. God damn. That's what's going to happen. Remember them? I remember them. <laughs> I remember them very well. <laughs> um, all right. Universal Basic Income, we did. Republic, Internet Privacy, Other. Pirates. Uh, cool or not? Pirates. Pirates. Okay. I was thinking of something. I've got. I've got. Oh, what about what about time. um what about um pirating content? Maybe, yeah, that might be a good one. Anyway, shall we? Uh, shall we wrap <laughs> it up there? Yes, wrap it up. You can do your. Uh, I'll do. You, I'll do my closing, which is see you suckers, and you can you can do yours. See you suckers. Well, thank you all for joining us today, and stay safe and stay informed.